Hi, I'm Heather, Certified Transformational Life Coach and Meditation Instructor. And I'm Mary Catherine, a Certified Yoga Instructor and Truth Crusader. Welcome to The Naked Truth, a podcast for women who are ready to talk transparently about living this life as authentic women. Throw in the towel when it comes to pretending, covering up, and exhausting fake fronts and learn how to be and accept you. Each week and each season, we will discuss and break down topics that are profound, challenging, and mad real when it comes to the hearts of womankind from two women who passionately accept you right where you are. Because we've lived a little and we aren't afraid to share it. We're real, we're live, and we're women. Welcome to The Naked Truth. Hello, everyone. We are back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's been a long ass time. Let me just say that. Um, It was fun doing our bonus episode for you a couple weeks ago, but we are back with season four of the Naked Truth podcast. My name is Heather. And my name is Mary Catherine. And we welcome you and we love that you're here with us. We we have um, a lot of active listeners that are international even and uh, welcome Canada I should just say welcome um <laughs> we you get to see the breakdown as to who's listening to you and we've got some people from Lithuania you know Ukraine a lot of Canadians and you know I'm uh, hello to our international peeps so here we are and we're in season four And our theme for season four is getting real about relationships. And so we are going to do 12 episodes for you that are all about relationships, not just romantic relationships, not just friendships, not just neighbors and acquaintances or we're going to break it all down and we're trying to cover the gamut um, cover every area that where we may have struggles and we may um, have difficulties in certain roles and we want to have very open naked truth discussions about these relationships when we were trying to come up with ideas for season four one of the things that heather and i had talked about Was that, and I know we touched on this a little bit in season three with different things that we discussed, but after being quarantined for so long over the pandemic, our relationships really took a backseat to just survival mode, really. And being away from everybody, being apart from everybody in every aspect of our lives, right? I mean, um, every relationship that you can think of with, I guess, the... uh, maybe immediate family or significant others just kind of stopped. So we thought this would be a good opportunity and a good timing to kind of dig deeper into this realm, if you will. And we're reintegrating, to be honest with you. I mean, we all, our social skills have all taken a halt. They have. 
um, we're reintegrating and we're around people and some of our skills are a little rusty. I don't know about the rest of you, but when I'm at a graduation party or at some sort of picnic, you know, small talk is difficult. I mean, some of my social skills were lacking pre-COVID. <laughs> sure. That, sure. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But we got pretty good at it. We had... I hate the word, but we had busy lives. We were out and about. We were out mm-hmm. there. And yeah, so here we are, and we're we're back in back in the game. And uh, so it's not just during this post pandemic life that we're living, but in general, we're going to talk about relationships because let's, let's face it, friends and family, acquaintances, work relationships, romances, breakups, whatever it may be, um, that, that is a very big theme in all of our lives whether there's a pandemic post or pre (laughs) it's just the truth right so let's start um we're we're calling today um episode one and we're going to discuss kind of as a broad overview um the four ships that we sail on and that's friendships family ships acquaintanceships and romanticships say All that very exciting four ships. times very very fast you will get flipped up around acquaintanceships and then really tongue-tied at romanticships but so we're gonna we're we were gonna talk about all of these in more depth as we go through our 12 weeks but this is just kind of the what i call the bedrock the base of of relationships um, when we think about you know relationships every day and so well let's start with friendships let's start with friendships um, and I, I am treating this season differently. I normally, uh, you know, I'm a life coach. And so I have a whole bunch of incredible research and just all these wonderful articles and things that I save to help people. And I saw some of it I've used, some of it I have not. And normally I heavily research before each of my podcasts and I really have it planned out what I want to say. And I'm totally not going to do that this season. So friendships, um, what I want to say about friendships is, uh, and what I'm going to talk about regarding friendships or what I really want to say is I'm going to talk about the real freaking deal friendships. I've talked about it before in previous seasons, the kitchen cabinet friends, but um, we, that, that means the friends that you go to, they're in your kitchen cabinet. There's usually no more than three. If you have three in your kitchen cabinet, you're pretty damn lucky, but um, it's the people that you can call upon at three o'clock in the, in the morning. You can literally get the ice cream scoop out and scoop out art and let them let your crazy flag fly you know i mean they they can you know 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 everything and they understand you and they're there for you and they're also willing to call you out and they do so in love there's not jealousy or competition or you know they just are your people 
These yeah. are the people that we we choose to spend our time with. The people that, um, and as we get into talking about the different ships, we'll talk about the dynamic of those as well. But um, if you, those people that are in your kitchen cabinet, they're there because you you chose them at the grocery store. You picked them out, you bought them, and you put them there. Mm-hmm. They're the people that show up and. You know, they don't have a song to sing and they don't have any words of wisdom necessarily, but um, they're just going to show up and they're just going to be there. And oftentimes they are there and they're silent, but they're going to be there. Um, And then other times they're going to tell you things exactly as they are and it isn't going to be at all what you want to hear. And... um, but they're going to do that in love and you'll know that, that they're doing it in love and you'll feel that. And you'll know that the truth that they're telling you is not going to sabotage your friendship or affect your friendship. It will actually, in the end, um, make it stronger. They will tell you the things that you need to hear and they will also, you will feel reassured that they're not going away. It's funny that you should, speak about that specific point about, um, you know, your, your friends speaking the truth to you and telling you things that sometimes you, you need to hear, but you might not necessarily want to hear. I was just having a conversation with some of my friends the other day, and we were discussing diversity in friendships, how we can have friendships that run the gamut from, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other. And, you know, maybe you have a friend that, um, I, I have a friend that I have been friends with since the first grade. We live maybe, I don't know, a half an hour, 45 minutes from each other. I can't tell you the last time I saw Audrey, but I talked to her every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have friends that maybe I only go wine tasting with and friends that I only do this with. And and that's okay. That's natural. What maybe is a little bit dangerous is when you uh, shoebox your friends to um, you know you go to this friend when you have this problem and you want to hear this, or you have this friend for when you want it. You, you can't cherry pick kind of the truth. Mm-mm. And in that aspect. So no, is that, I mean, sometimes you want to, but of course we do, but that's not, that's not real friendship. That's not kitchen cabinet love. Definitely. No. And the, the whole premise of this conversation was that, um, speaking about a friend that maybe had lost out on some close friendships because they were looking for someone to tell them what they wanted to hear and not what they needed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, another thing um, that I did want to know is that in so many women friendships, there is a component of competition and jealousy. Uh. It exists. And so um, if that is a theme for you with your women friends, um, first of all, I would advise taking a look inward and seeing maybe where that comes from within you. Um, and then maybe taking a look at your friends and cultivating something new, perhaps some new friendships, um, because true and solid and scooping out kitchen cabinet type friendships 
they celebrate one another with complete joy. They, they just do. There's no jealousy. They, um, they are alike in the things that matter. Um, you can be different. You can be very different, but in the things that matter, you're alike. And, um, it's a, it's, it's a friendship built on listening and talking, laughing, building dreams and cheering on and being a shoulder to cry on and always speaking the truth and being the truth for that person, being the truth. Um, I have a few of these kind of friends and I hear from them every single day and give each other the um, absolute truth. They know that they know what they're going to get. Um, they also know, they know that uh, they're going to be, uh, they're, they're never going to be ostracized or gossiped about, you know, I have their back. They have my back. There is just no negotiations with any of that. Um, some people call it ride or die, <laughs> but I, I, um, I think it's a rare find to, I think, I think somebody can be in a, in a party crowd, a popular crowd and, and look like they have all of these friends and they may consider them all friends. But when you strip it down, when you strip it down to ride or die and can you, can you talk about your shame? Can you be vulnerable to the point of just, laying it all out, scooping out your heart. Um, very few people is that even possible with, I find. So if you have two to three people in your kitchen cabinet, I would say that, that you are a very blessed human being. I would agree. All right. Uh, family ships. This is the first relationship that we ever have for mm -hmm. most people. Uh, normally lifelong, not always. And in, in preparing for this episode, this, I don't want to say that talking about family ships was tough for me. Um, I, oh, <laughs> talking about family ships we should talk about how the the term came to be when I was talking to a close friend of mine and they were talking about um a relationship that they had and they said well we're not really friends we're family I said well you have a family ship not a friendship you have a family ship mm -hmm. and and these and people were not blood family no, they were a blood family. They were. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. They were. Um, okay. Gotcha. Yes. So in, in preparing for this and reading about family, family relationships, of course, I just had so much stuff that I wanted to talk about and share because I have a huge, I have a, I have a great big family ship. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people mm -hmm. on my family ship. Um, and not to say that that hasn't been without its bumps and whatnot along the way, but 
And in, in reading and investigating and studying, you just come to realize that not everyone's that lucky. And then I kind of was starting to have, you know, get on the guilt train about, well, I, you know, don't want to go on and on about all the things that I love about all my family ships when not everybody is that fortunate enough to have it, but it doesn't make it any less special. Uh, because I mean, my family ships have helped form other relationships. They've offered me extremely strong support over the years. Um, and when, when you talk about family ships versus different relationships, regardless of the amount of work you put into a family ship, they're always going to be your family. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, your, your family ships are going to stay constant throughout your life, regardless of whether or not it's blood family or not. Mm-hmm. But that is, it's a, it's just a different, a different dynamic than a, than a yeah. friendship. I, when I think about family ships and just in my, in my day job as a I supervise some social workers and such, and I, I develop relationships with my staff. And so I kind of know about personal lives and then life coaching and just also having several close friends throughout my life. When I think of family ships, I, <laughs> I think of struggle and I think of the difficult family ships. And I also... I'm glad, Mary, that you started us off and talked about the good and the healthy ones and that how they how they emerge. That's wonderful. But we really don't need to say much about those, do we? <laughs> because <Right>. they <laughs> positive family ships are phenomenal and they're healthy and functional and they're they're a really um, strong point in all of our lives. What we tend to struggle with with family ships are the toxic ones, the unhealthy family members, um, sometimes to the point that we feel like we have to minimize contact or sever ties. And we're going to actually have an entire episode on family ships, which I'm excited about because I it's a topic that I've done incredible research um, on, not because... I have, you know, a huge struggle in my own extended family, but so many people do, and I've really been led to help them. And um, just a couple things I do want to mention, and it's going to be about the struggle, the struggling um, family ships that are in your lives. Um, just some things I noted. There can be no divided loyalties. So when you have your own family unit, that is where your primary loyalty needs to be. And that's a huge struggle for so many people. And also, I want to say that good fences make great neighbors. So um, boundaries, boundaries. We have brought up boundaries before, but brown, boundaries and relationships go hand in hand. And boundaries are present in every healthy relationship And then I also want to say that you've got a finite amount of physical and emotional energy. And if your family is draining you, you may need to look at and change those boundaries. But I also want to say that families are beautiful. 
and uh, complicated and they're always changing. Um, They're just living, breathing organisms and they're made up of, you know, a multitude of values and beliefs and traditions. And sometimes there's going to be disagreements in that or past hurts. And we have to know how to navigate that, which we will get into deep, you know, more deeply later on. But um, family ships, the good and the bad. Um, and the ugly. The ugly. <laughs> it's out there. And I, I will leave it. Family ships, I will leave you with this because this is something, a little preview of what I'm really going to talk about and what's really helped me when we do have an entire episode on this. Um, Brene Brown has a concept out there that um, what if, what if people are doing the best that they can. And I, I, um, I have actually read numerous articles cause I've read articles and then like pieces of books about this concept. And, um, so it's sort of about like defaulting to the belief that someone's intentions are honest, not assuming malice, things like that. Um, and innocent until proven otherwise, um, and retaining a favorable or somewhat neutral opinion, um, until something really makes itself known. Um, and I will tell you that living that way, assuming everyone is doing the best that they can is, um, it helps me when living in a very cynical world because everybody's wired differently. Everyone has different mentalities. Everyone has a different capacity mentally to handle different things. Not everybody can go deep. Not everybody can. There's many people that live on the surface and that's right where they're comfortable living. Um, it's, not always easy to believe that everyone is doing their best, especially in these times. But I will remind everyone that the fact is that you and I rarely ever have the full picture. So I always keep that in mind when it comes to family that I may want to strangle. <laughs> oh, God love you. Yeah, acquaintanceships. What you got, Mary, Mary darling? Well, so obviously acquaintanceships are going to be the relationships that we have in our lives with people that we know, but we may not necessarily know as closely or as intimately as we do with people that we are in relationships of the other three types, right? Our friendships, mm-hmm. our family ships, and our romanticships. Um, but I, acquaintanceships, that group of people is more than likely going to be the largest and the most diverse group of people that you will have a relationship with because our family is going to be cut from the same DNA, cut from the same cloth that we are cut from. And even though you may not have an identical twin, uh, you, you, I mean, you're going to have some similarities with your family, not always. I mean, um, but with your friendships, obviously there has to be some common commonality there as well, because you are choosing to spend time with these people and you are choosing to have a close 
relationship, a close friendship with these people. And in our romantic ships, those are people that we have chosen to be extremely intimate with. But acquaintanceships could be people that you work with, people that you go to church with, your neighbors, um, you know, people around your neighborhood or f- a friend of a friend. They are going to be people that are in your life, but maybe not in a very close or intimate way. So they could come from any walk of life. They could come from any uh, economic standing, any social standing. And even though these people we may have the least in common with, I feel that these are the people that we can learn the most from and the relationships that on some level can help us grow the most from teaching us different points of view and teaching us different ways of life. Um, you know, I, I think when I first started school, meaning college back when um, I left Huron County, went to Mount Pleasant, which some would argue isn't really that big of a stretch, but just meeting people from all these different walks of life was something that I was totally unprepared for, but something that helped me grow as a person immensely. And growing up in the thumb of Michigan is wonderful. I wouldn't have traded it for anything, but you're shielded from a a lot. And the acquaintanceships that I developed when I first started college really helped me grow and helped open my eyes to a lot in the world. And I beg to differ. I think that um, leaving the thumb and going to Mount Pleasant, you might think it's out far, but I I grew up in the thumb. You ventured, darling. You ventured. <laughs> you you really did. You did. Um, as far as you know, acquaintances. When I think of acquaintances, you guys, I um. Oh, uh, right or wrong, I think of freaking Facebook. And oh that, my god! So me, seriously, we are. I am connected to so many people we that could, I'm not we could have called this Facebook ships. Yes, but sure, I have acquaintances in the community and work and whatever. They might fall into different categories: work relationships or neighborhood type things. But yes, we all have acquaintances. But I. I, when looking this up, I was looking up, um, you know, the importance of acquaintances in our daily lives. And there was a British study done that says that the average healthy, mentally healthy person can only handle a total of 150 relationships in their lives. That means like online, you know, so think about that, you know, I mean, think about how many Facebook friends you have and, you know, you're seeing what's going on going on in their lives and you're scrolling and you're commenting and you're liking and you're whatever you're doing, but, um, keeping things small, we, you know, we have friends, we have family, we've got, we are always going to have acquaintances, but keeping things small and, you know, closing that circle, um, to, to me, that is, um, something that, we should always maybe have in the back of our minds as to um, who we're letting in 
and how much energy we're giving off. To Are you telling me I've got to get rid of a thousand Facebook friends? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, we become more closed off and more electronically introverted in our digital lives. And who we consider real friends as opposed to just people we may happen to know um, and who have the energy to click on our link, it should be up for discussion or at least a thought. So it's not, it is disagree. not always, it is not always a bad thing. Everyone, when you notice that someone has unfriended you, maybe it is for a specific reason. I mean, we've all had that happen, but if people are just cleaning stuff up and it's not someone that you interact with on a regular basis, respect that. It's okay. People are just trying to close up their, you know, who is, who has access to their lives. And if kind you are of, not... well, going back to what you just said before though, as well about, um, you know, good, good fences make good neighbors. Yes. And, and always not, not only that, but always assuming that people are doing their best. So if you are unfriended on Facebook, not assuming that it's you specifically that did something to offend that person. I mean, people are always making that post on Facebook that they're going through their friends list. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess I didn't get the X because I still yeah. saw your post. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You looking up how many friends you have on Facebook right now? <laughs> no, I'm trying to. I'm a I'm a mother and I'm trying to somewhat multitask. Um, but yeah, and take care of a child, you know. And by the way, everybody. We woof, we had every intention of recording this live. We did. And we're remote. We're remote. I'm and not going to lie. I go back to work full time in the office next week, and so do I. So I, do I. We're just, Heather and I are riding stuff. the struggle bus. We've got stuff going on. We just do. Um. All right. Let's just. And you all do too. And let us know about your stuff. We want to hear about your stuff because we got it too, babes. We do. We do. We got we got one last ship to talk about here. We do romantic ships. <laughs> that Go. was my romantic hum hum Go music. Maker. Well, so romantic ships are the most physically intimate. I mean, ho- <laughs> let's be hopefully the most physically intimate of any relationship we have, but. They're not always the most emotionally intimate relationship that we have. Hmm. Say more. So I, I, you hear people talking about how, you know, their wife or their husband is their best friend. And that, that is wonderful. And for a majority of relationships, that is true. But for a majority of relationships, that is not true. Well, that's what they say. That's what they say. Well, right. It, words are easy. To say. But, I, I, you know, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But that's what pretty much a lot of married couples say. So, And I guess I shouldn't say that they're not always our most emotionally intimate. But there could be times in a romantic relationship where you are going to be maybe more emotionally intimate with your best friend than you are with your significant other. Mm -hmm. Um, You might need a sounding board 
if you are upset with the person that you are in a romantic ship with, you might need a sounding board to talk through some things and work through exactly what you're feeling before you enter into a conversation with your significant other or spouse. Um, it, it, it just, the romantic ships are, like I said, the most physically intimate, but sometimes we need that emotional intimacy with friends as well. Now, I guess I should have used a disclaimer at the beginning of this. If you are in a romantic relationship and maybe becoming overly emotionally intimate with someone else and it's getting to be a little bit more than just emotional intimacy, then maybe you have to take a closer look at those relationships. Oh, MC. Yeah. Well, I mean, me being emotionally intimate with you is one thing. <laughs> me being emotionally yes. intimate with a member of the opposite sex is and probably not a good idea. Yes. yes. Romanticships. All right, people. I haven't always had the best track record here at these, but I've been in a few. Um, and I would, I would say that I've learned some lessons uh, through, through my journey. And you brought up friendship, Mary Catherine. And I do think that having a solid friendship is, is very much the kind of like the front running aspect of a successful relationship um asking yourself what kind of friend you are to your mate and then um you know and letting your mate know how they can be your friend and and following through with that i do think that friendship and wanting to to joke together, to be together, to do hobbies together, to spend time together. Um, I think that comes from true and genuine friendship. And I think that is absolutely essential. And then I also think that there needs to be a desire, a very strong desire to meet each other's needs. And we all have very different needs. So along with that, we have to be good communicators and we, uh, a, the success of a relationship um, is a function of the extent to which it meets need, the needs of two people. Um, maybe, maybe you need a soft place to fall uh, that day or someone's shoulder to cry on. Um, in romanticships, those things are extremely important to detect and to be there to meet the main needs in those type of relationships. And, and maybe your needs are going to change over time. Maybe the needs, maybe they the will. needs that you had in a rom romantic relationship in your teens is not the same as in your college years is not the same as in your early adult years and so on and so forth. And that is something that you, you need to be honest with yourself about and before you can look for that in another person. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, the last thing I'll leave you regarding romanticships is um, I I will I will say uh, take 
responsibility for lack of something truly poetic. Take responsibility. Um, you cannot control your significant other, but you can control how you react to negative situations. Um, and so people need to take um, responsibility for what they're doing in a relationship and decide what you believe and hold to be true and then conduct yourself 100% or as much as possible consistent with that. Um, and again, we will talk about this more as the season progresses. There you have it, folks. The four ships that we sail on. Just a little taste. We're going to delve deeper into many of these, um, but you have a little bit of our perspective, a little bit of our naked truths, just to get you by and to kind of get a taste for what season four is going to be all about. We're going to talk about relationships and we're going to get real and we're going to say things maybe that shouldn't be said, but that's okay. We're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to be truthful. So we will see you next week. And until then, we're real, we're live. And we're women. Thank you, Thank you for listening to the, to the Naked, Naked Truth. Truth. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new episode notifications, as well as updates and random pieces of positivity to brighten your day. That's the Naked Truth Podcast on Facebook and at the Naked Truth Pod on Instagram. And shout out to Ewart Williams for our epic theme song and Michaela Shope for our top-notch cover art. <laughs>